everyone, and welcome to another episode of Failing Down the Rabbit Hole. I wanted to take some time to explain what a flop era is because I talked about it a lot in my last episode and it's a colloquialism that's really common among people my age who spend way too much time on the internet and are super involved in pop culture, but I know that I am definitely a minority. So I wanted to go over what a flop era is and also talk to pop culture podcaster Shannon McNamara, host of Fluently Forward, and get a little more insight on what a flop era is and how I am figuring out how to define it. The phrase flop era was first used on Twitter within various fan communities of artists to refer to when someone's star power was decreasing or when they released something that was met with a hostile reception. Like, I can think of an example in 2013 when Justin Bieber peed in a restaurant mop bucket and donned the god-awful embarrassing nickname Bizzle. One of the resources I use to help learn about flop eras is a video by the YouTuber Naomi Cannibal. The video is called analyzing flop eras and it looks at various artists flop eras and gives some contemporary examples. One of the most striking examples was the response to Katy Perry's 2017 album Witness and I've done the math and science and came up with three components of a flop era and why this particular album release contains all three of them. Number one, content. What was the person creating? Was it good? Katy Perry's Witness era was all over the place, and it might be one of the messiest album rollouts I've ever witnessed, no pun intended. Katy's first single, Change to the Rhythm, was more political in nature, albeit disguised by symbolism, and it was what she called purposeful pop. However, Change to the Rhythm still definitely wasn't lead single material in my opinion. Based on Chain to the Rhythm and the album's title, Witness, it seemed Katy Perry would use the socio-political happenings at the time to influence her next album. That is, until she released her next single, Bon Appetit, which only peaked at number 76. Katy herself said the song was about sexual liberation, but the lyrics in the song don't seem to make that distinction. So to audiences, it seemed like a deviation from her purposeful pop rather than a continuation of it. Things only got worse when she performed the song with the Migos on SNL, and the performance was awkward to put it lightly. It's since been said that Katy had to improvise because the Migos didn't want to perform on stage with drag queens. Katy's next single, Swish Swish, didn't fare much better. It peaked at number 46 on the Hot 100. A lot of people thought it was corny, and this apparently was her answer to Taylor Swift's Bad Blood, three years after the fact. In the video and several live performances, Katy relied on internet personalities and memes to promote the song, which was kind of cringy. The reviews of Witness weren't too favorable, with Metacritic giving it an average rating of 53 out of 100. Rolling Stone gave it 5 out of 10 stars, and Pitchfork rated it a 4.8 out of 10. Many of the reviews considered Witness heavy-handed on the social commentary. Enemy said the album didn't display any subtlety, and The Guardian said the heartfelt ballads felt tacked on in the face of all this weirdness. Perception. What was the person acting like during this era? How was the public receiving them? Aside from the singles, Katie's promotional efforts for Witness left many confused and slightly worried. This is the era where Katie traded her long black hair for a platinum pixie cut. Because of this, there were camps on the internet claiming this was proof that Katie was either going through a mental breakdown or had been reprogrammed by MKUltra. 
Her new haircut was followed by other actually odd behaviors like her appearance at the Whitney that was more awkward than artistic. The day of Witness's release, Katie kicked off a 72-hour live stream that included guests like Neil deGrasse Tyson as well as a session with a therapist. The therapy session in which Katie cried and revealed she cut her hair because she didn't want to be Katy Perry anymore raised concerns for her mental health. Profit. How did the album perform? Were sales better or worse than they were in the past? Despite all of this, Witness did debut at number one atop the Hot 200, which seems like it would excuse the album from being called a flop. Yet the album sold 180,000 units in its first week, which was 100,000 less than her previous album, Prism. Overall, it seems like Witness's performance was the result of a combination of problems not only related to music, but also to its promotion. Katie's purposeful pop era was never fully fleshed out, leaving it to feel more like a gimmick than a statement. Her odd appearances and performance also clouded this era with speculations about her mental health, making people far less likely to take seriously any message she was trying to promote. Witness also lacked a smash lead single or a smash single in general. There's not a song on this album that's as good as California Girls, Teenage Dream, TJIF, or even I Kissed a Girl or Hot and Cold. Her previous album, Prism, produced smash hits like Dark Horse as well as Roar and Birthday. Katie had solidified herself as pop royalty with her previous albums, and Witness didn't all live up to that standard. Make sure you guys watch that full video. I'll have it linked in the show notes. And after watching it, I reached out to Naomi, and she told me that in her life, me and my friends included just use the term flop era more colloquially as a joke. So if one of us just got dumped or lost a job or something, we would say we're in our flop era. Don't worry, Naomi. I know all about that. Just listen to the first episode. I'm fortunate enough to talk to pop culture expert, podcaster, TikToker, blogger, YouTuber now, conspiracy theorist, Shannon McNamara. Shannon started out on TikTok making fun videos about various celebrity gossip and conspiracies that she believed in and now runs a podcast called Fluently Forward where she talks about various different conspiracies, celebrity information, and good old TV shows and movies that she loves and usually I love too. And she is just such a fun person to listen to. I love her voice. So you get to go listen to it a little more. And yeah, I'm really excited. So here is Shannon and I having a fun little chat about flop eras. Shannon, for you, how do you define a flop era? A flop era, I would say, is when you're at a moment in time where you're doing below average. Like either you had peaked or you were doing well and people are expecting greatness from you, like a next step up the ladder, and instead you just fall down two rungs and everybody kind of collectively agrees you're not at your best right now. That's such a good way of phrasing it. No, it totally it totally makes sense. <laughs> uh and what would you say, like, is your favorite like flop era of all time that you kind of followed as like a pop culture person? I have really been interested in the flop era of Justin Bieber. Um, 
just because he was so on top. And yeah, and I feel like flop eras now, almost when somebody gets big, you then expect their flop era. So like Jenna Ortega right now, it's just kind of the way that pop culture works. Like what goes up must come down. That's interesting. Like in particular, what made Bieber like particularly interesting to you to follow? I think Justin Bieber was interesting to everyone because he has had different evolutions that other artists haven't had. I mean, just the fact that when he started, he was like a little boy with a bowl cut haircut and everybody thought he was 12 years old and he dressed exclusively in purple and white. And he seemed to kind of evolve from that in different stages. And when he got married, I think everybody was really excited for this next era of Justin Bieber as a husband. What type of content is he going to be doing? And he just hasn't done anything at all. And I think it's interesting to see somebody who has so much potential just not do anything with it. And I think it's really baffling to like watch that. That's interesting because I I totally would define his flop era as like the Bizzle era. Uh, The like 2013, like when he peed in a bucket. Yeah, he called himself Bizzle (laughs) on like, he had like his name, his like his name on Instagram. I, I remember this was Bizzle. Like the bizzle to me, that was like oh. a big downfall. But then again, like, is a flop more doing badly or kind of willingly going out of the spotlight or like just not doing anything? Like, is a flop more actively doing bad things or would it be more like not doing anything? Yeah, well, because I remember the peeing in the bucket. It's hard not to forget. The peeing in the bucket and the shouting, fuck you, Bill Clinton, as he ran out of some area. I would consider that like his bad boy era. And I feel like you can have a bad boy era. And then you can also have a flop era, which is when you aren't doing anything or people expect greatness Mm -hmm. from you and you don't deliver. And then sometimes you have a mixture of the both, which could be like Miley Cyrus and her bangers era. Yeah. Although I, I, again, that was like the peak of her popularity. It was really interesting when I was looking into I know. This, a lot of, a lot of like defining, like doing badly, I guess was based on like numbers or like album sales or anything. So in a sense, like Miley's, I guess, worst era of like behavior wise and everything wasn't necessarily like her least successful I'd say more like yeah, the one where she did the album I'm, I'm like, curious uh like the dead pets the one where she did the album with the flaming yes and, like, nobody paid attention to, to that one no like that's a flop or like I'd say like Katy Perry witness where like everybody was like what is she doing and I'm not even gonna buy into this I'm not even gonna support this because there are so many things where like Especially, like, I was thinking stardom. Katy Perry too when we were talking about flop eras. Yeah, I loved I loved the card Dev. Oh my god, I literally cannot pronounce her name right. I always want to say Devinier, but it's like not that. Cara Delevingne. Delevingne. I always want to say Devinier, and yeah. I don't know why. But like hers, which was interesting in the sense that like it she sounds just, sexier that way. It does. <laughs> Where she just ended up like doing something that just did not work like flat out like she just did something and was objectively bad at it yeah her acting was so and it's funny too because I think her acting career was such a flop because before she started acting 
especially in paper towns, she was like the cool model. Everybody loved her. She had those eyebrows. She was cool on Instagram. Like she was cool on Vine. And oh my God, Vine, that like just shows you how far away it was. And then when she was in paper towns, even though she was cast as this easy to play manic pixie dream girl who just kind of looks hot and doesn't do much, she like flopped with that. And it was just, um, I I think sometimes a flop era is when people have great expectations for you and you just let them down. And to me, that was like Cara Delevingne's acting career because like I wanted her to be a good actress and I I just don't think she has it. Yeah, I know. I have like my natural eyebrows are blonde and I hated that era of her because I was too young to like get them (laughs) tinted and I didn't know what brow gel was. And so all my friends would make fun of me for not having (laughs) eyebrows, but not that the eyebrows are back. So it's all, it's all gone full circle. We're kind of having this like question, this existential question, which I guess like is something I should look into of like, is a flop era like you actively doing something bad? Is it you not doing anything? Is it you doing something that like gets a negative reaction from other people, even if it performs well? It's just an interesting colloquialism. I wonder if really... flop is a uh, tied... Yeah, like I think sometimes people say flop and they mean cringe. Like, is a cringe era a flop mm-hmm. era, or is flop based on like the number of success and downloads? Um, because yeah, maybe Miley Cyrus twerking on Robin Thicke was something that was probably like the most viewed or talked about situation in. I don't know, maybe that entire year, but everybody also thought it was so cringe and she's gone downhill and she's gone crazy and things like that. So you almost have like the public perception of a flop versus the actual money and sales around a flop. Because otherwise, if you were doing money and sales of a flop era, I'm trying to think like there's some people like, for example, uh, Leighton Meester, who played Blair and Gossip Girl, like she's basically been on a flop for the last 10 years because she hasn't I haven't seen her on anything. She hasn't done anything, but she doesn't have the cringe flop era because we all kind of still perceive her really well. Is there somebody who you think needs like a big redemption after like a sad flop era? And would you have like a strategy for them to do so? I would say if I was Justin Bieber, who I think is currently in a flop era, I would just lean really heavy into the aesthetic and selling something to someone and maybe trying something he hasn't done before. Like seeing Justin Bieber buy a horse with Haley and put out a kind of country album and lean into this new era and aesthetic, or maybe he does what Justin Timberlake does. And all of a sudden for one album, he's dressed up in a suit and he's Mr. Suit and Tie. So I think guys just so rarely reinvent themselves that if any man is in a flop era, they could just like download a new Pinterest board and kind of pull themselves out of it. Whereas it's harder for like a woman to do that. I don't know if it's necessarily a gendered term. But it is something primarily, I guess, like with pop culture and everything said by women in the LGBT community. Yeah, I think the LGBTQ community like determines like what a flop is. Yeah, I think they created it, truly. It's like stan Twitter language, which is primarily super young, super diverse, super like progressive in some ways. Yeah. And what would you say the opposite of a flop is? Is it a bop or is it something different? I was going to say a bop is the opposite of a flop. <laughs> yeah. And in the middle, it's a mop. 
Uh, my friend and I tried coming up with ones where when something was good, we'd say it was clit. And when something was bad, we'd say it was queef. <laughs> That's awesome. Something's either clit or queef. And you're like, I'm kind of feeling like a queefy day today, but like yesterday was such a clit. <laughs> yeah. Do you think like reframing like a bad period in a celebrity's life as a flop era, like how does it humanize someone to kind of change their struggles from like just like as an ultimate failure versus like a bad era? Does a flop era mean that there's no coming back? Like, what about that? Oh, God, that's very philosophical. Like, and I wouldn't have thought, but now I'm really thinking about it. And I, I personally find it, the concept of a flop era really refreshing because it's, it's just an era. It's a chapter. One of my favorite quotes is when somebody says, um, you can have it all, but not all at the same time. And I think of that for everything in my life. Like right now, I'm so excited. Like the, my the podcast is doing so well, but I've never been more single. But then there's been a period in my life where I've been so in love, but like I hated my job. So it's just there's different moments in your life and um, some of them are going to flop. But then the great thing about a flop era is that it's only an era. It's not like a flop life. It's just a chapter that kind of sucks. And then you get past it. And then it's almost great to have a flop era because then it makes all the other moments of your life when you look back on it so fantastic. Like if everything was up and to the right all the time, it would just be kind of boring. You know, some celebrities talk about their failures. Some try to act like it's never happened. And also some, especially with stands, what's interesting is sometimes an album or a movie will flop and then everyone will say it shouldn't have flopped. Like everyone's saying that about the Babylon movie or certain albums. And they'll be like, this shouldn't have flopped. It's the fault of the marketer or the record label and like they didn't flop it's just that the public flopped on them so like there's so many different ways to look at it so like sometimes people will defend your flop or be like the flop era is actually the best era because only the true fans stick around for it I always find that kind of fun is there a period of time in your life that you consider to be like a flop era of yours yes oh my god my flop era was um after I graduated college I was living in Florida for a couple of years and my best friend and I, we were roommates and coworkers. We did everything together and we had no friends in Florida. Like I had, she was my only friend for two years and our job was awful. The CEO would like sexually harass us and it was for a startup that ended up going under. So we got paid like next to nothing. We drove like two hours to commute every day in traffic. And then the minute we came home, we would just like get rip roaringly bong high and like pass out and like we did not do okay for two years it was like we had no friends our career wasn't going anywhere we like weren't dating good people and it was just like our we were like floppy in Florida for like two years <laughs> I remember listening to her episode I can't remember but like I know I know she was like an early early guest <laughs> Yeah, Bridget. She's great. She's still in Florida, but she's no longer flopping. Good for good for her. Yeah, I definitely think I'm in the midst of in the midst of mine. It's kind of interesting. They all kind of come generally at the point where like somebody is fresh out of college or like fresh out of something where there is an expectation. Yeah, I I'd say like any like any, I also think too, the two big factors in your life, I guess they're the three ones are like friends, relationship and job. 
And like, if one of those three triangles aren't going well, you can kind of hang on. Mm -hmm. And if two aren't going well, then you're like, okay, like now I'm like flailing about and like, I actually didn't have three when I was in Florida. So like, it was really a struggle. But I, I think it's kind of like a pyramid for that. Shannon and I aren't the only ones who have enjoyed repurposing terrible points in our lives as one of our flop eras. Journalist Heron Walker wrote about why she's shifted to viewing her struggles through the lens of a flop era as well. And this one quote from it really stood out because it's how I have been processing my own life and just the way she explains it felt really relevant to this conversation. Framing this less-than-ideal period of my life as a flop era has given me hope. To say that I'm in my flop era would imply that everything that sucks about my right now is only temporary. It's another way of assuring myself that another, presumably better era, is yet to come. I've grown comfortable with the idea that things won't pick back up from here, those failures which once caused me pain, now I luxuriate in them. My seemingly irrevocable singleness, my being un and then underemployed. I've found virtue in being a flop, or maybe that it... Hold up. I've grown comfortable with the idea that things won't pick back up from here. Those failures which once caused me pain, now I luxuriate in them my seemingly irrevocable singleness, my being un and then underemployed. I found virtue in being a flop, or maybe that it's... I found virtue in being a flop, or maybe it's that I've come to relish the vice. I hope this project brings on a new era for me. I'm thinking podcaster era, employed again era, in a relationship era, but I do hope this project brings about a new era for me, uh, but for now I'm officially in the depths of my flop era. I'm thinking some new eras, potentially, uh, could be podcaster era, new job era, don't need to go to therapy as much era, um moving out of my parents' house era. Just a lot of different eras that I think would be really fun to hopefully explore very soon. Um, and again, I always want to keep it... And again, I do have the tendency to kind of laugh and joke about my problems, but seeing them as a flop era, a term which in and of itself is pretty funny sounding, is a good way to make a little funny moment out of my issues. And that's definitely been one of the ways I have coped with being in a flop era. So when you're down, instead of deeming yourself to be a total and complete failure, maybe it's just your flop era and a better era is yet to come.
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Failing Down the Rabbit Hole. All episodes are written, recorded, and produced by yours truly. The theme music is produced by Jabari Butler, and the cover art is illustrated by Ariana Vilches. If you liked this week's episode and want to further the pod, subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with your friends. XOXO, Kira.